Welcome to our latest episode of the Crossroads Forum, Build Indiana Council's podcast on all things roads infrastructure. This is Brian Gould, the Executive Director at the Build Indiana Council. Uh, and today we're going to be discussing inflation and the ways it's impacting our industry and more so Hoosiers in general. I, I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Professor Michael Hicks, the Director of the Center for Business and Economic Research and an economics professor at Ball State University. He closely follows the Indiana General Assembly and provides insight into the Hoosier economy that I know myself, as well as Indiana's political leaders, uh, place a great deal of value on. So thank you for joining us today, Dr. Hicks. Brian, it's good to be with you. So uh, we're gonna kick things off here. Inflation is obviously impacting almost every aspect of life, uh, so much so that Governor Holcomb has called back the General Assembly for a special session uh, to address inflationary relief for Hoosiers. Uh, legislators are going to meet in late July for about three weeks. So we'll see them coming back in on July 25th and, and likely finishing up their work by the middle of August. Uh, I told somebody yesterday, it, it wouldn't be a legislative session if there weren't also some social issues that are going to be out there. The, the recent Supreme Court ruling, that's also going to be a, a hot topic for legislators when they come back. But the issue that we're really watching closely is, is what is the state of Indiana going to do on inflation? What should they do? What's best for our industry? So, uh, Professor Hicks, we're going to use uh, your insight, your knowledge today. Uh, and first, we want to talk a little bit about inflationary impacts in general, uh, what Hoosiers are experiencing, what we're seeing in the construction industry. So if you'd like, go ahead and kick us off on just kind of what your thoughts are right now, where, where we stand on inflation. Sure. If you'll indulge me a bit, I'll give you a longer history of this. So yep. if, you, if you look at the last, inflation doesn't come overnight. Inflation is generally too many dollars chasing too few goods. So if you look right. back over the past five years, we had the Tax Cuts and Job Act, uh, which reduced corporate taxes and uh, simplified tax reporting for a lot of households. But that was a very large um, you know, sort of stimulus back and, and you know, really started impacting 2019. Uh, then you had with COVID, the CARES Act, which was the largest mm -hmm. stimulus in history, followed by, which gave families about $5,400 um, yeah. and supplemented unemployment insurance. And then we had the very large uh, payment to the Pandemic Recovery Act. It really started hitting the, the floor in March of 2021. All this time, interest rates dropped really lowly, really low, right. negative real interest rates. So yeah. um, all of those together build this huge pressure on prices because they give people money, they incentivize people to buy things on credit, they, they push the economy forward. And it was really an overcorrection to COVID that I think led to a lot of that, that impact. At the same time, you know, Russia's going to war in Ukraine, and right. that's causing fuel prices to go up everywhere. Fuel is a component to everything, construction from asphalt to the guys getting to work, guys and gals getting to work on the on the bridge. And so these things together buoyed prices to levels we haven't seen for 30, 40 years. So if you're my vintage pushing 60, you remember inflation. If you're under 60, right. this is a you know, this is like a wild event that you've never yeah, seen out right. of the out of the history books. And so we're in this period where the Federal Reserve is pushing pressures down. If you look at the economic data today, there's some evidence we're, 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 that the economy is slowing substantially as a consequence of inflation and the efforts to stop inflation. GDP was down in first quarter. 
down a little bit this quarter. A lot of that could just be inventory adjustments, sort okay. of an accounting issue. But but it looks like the things that we need to do to cause inflation to to slow are are really beginning to be felt by consumers, and and that that's the source of ending inflation. That's where we are in the economy today for for everybody, not just the construction trades industry and those who survive. Right. Them. right. So how do you think, so on top of everything that you discussed there, we also had one of the most significant uh, infrastructure pieces of legislation our country's seen in decades, you know, a trillion dollar infrastructure bill that comes through. Um, and, and we knew, I think within the industry, we knew when this money hits, that's just going to also compile on top of all these other inflationary impacts. So we're going to start to see that, you know, the money has started to roll in uh, to states. We're going to see this for a few more years. Do you see kind of a, do you foresee a plateauing of kind of where we're at? Or do you think we will continue to see bumps maybe in the construction industry, whereas other things will, will plateau? Yeah, no, I think the, I think it's likely that inflation will slow substantially over the next 12 months, back down to target range two, two and a half percent. It could be six months earlier, it could be six months later than that. So six to 18 months is a good window to see it slow substantially. I think by the end of summer, we'll start getting inflation reports that are optimistic about the slowing <laughs> of inflation. Yep, so. um, uh, the the infrastructure bill is one of those seven-year bills that we normally would get as a normal working Congress. Congress hasn't been working for a number of years. Right. Um, and so this replaces that. It provides sort of um, stability and foresight in what is an important part of American economy. So I think for, for not just construction industry, but the economy as a whole, this is a great thing because we really need to improve the road, you know, road congestion, road capacity, and, you know, intelligence on roads, the right. replace bridges that are ancient, all the sorts of things that your industry has lobbied for are true in the sense that right. we're really face this, this looming challenge. And so I don't see inflationary pressures affecting that beyond the next fiscal year. So we're in fiscal year 23. So mm -hmm. beyond fiscal year 24, I think we're going to get back down to a normal, uh, uh, you know, sort of price level. But prices will be higher, but everything will have adjusted to these new higher price levels. And just right. to, right. you know, indulge me more time. If you think about yeah. it, if, if you're an economy and um, this is the, the classic description of inflation, you, you've got all these workers working and somebody comes in and gives everybody double their, their salary. If you double everybody's salary, then the prices of everything should double and everything return to normal. That's kind of where we're going. It's really right. inflation is the lower value of the dollar. So for the construction industry, you'll be paying higher higher wages, but you'll also be getting more for the contracts and and probably paying more for the asphalt and petroleum for some time. Gotcha. So one one thing that and specifically that all of this has really triggered is this uh, this, this debate that is out there about suspending the gas tax. It seems like the one, I don't know if it's a low-hanging fruit for some in some political parties or individuals, but it, it's also definitely the one thing that consumers feel. They see it when they when they fill up the pump, it's right in front of their faces. I, I tend to notice it's the thing that people are taking pictures of and posting on social media. Look what it cost me to fill up today. I mean, we're feeling it on all sides, whether it's grocery, consumer goods, household goods, but the, the suspension of the gas tax has been the one thing that really has kind of drawn the attention of media. President Biden last week announced he, he would uh, be pushing to suspend the federal gas tax and, and pushing and 
uh, hopefully trying to get some states to further suspend their gas tax. We have watched a handful of states that have done some type of gas tax suspension, and shockingly, that doesn't all roll down to the consumer. It's, uh, it ends up being around 20% actually is passed on to the consumer. The rest of it is kind of gobbled up by petroleum industry. But what are your thoughts on gas tax suspension? Um, you know, is it a political gimmick? Is it something that's really beneficial? Uh, what, what are we looking at? Yeah, it's, I, I've got a pickup truck that's about 95 bucks to fill, so I right. feel the pain yeah. longer. But else, the fact of the matter is, it's a gimmick. Um, and the, 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 the cure for inflation is the response to households to higher prices. So prices go get higher, we buy less gasoline, we, yeah. we combine our trips. And so if you suspend the gas tax, you do two things bad. First of all, you, you dampen the pain, but that just extends inflation out for another you know, potentially many months, and, and nobody likes to see that. The other thing that it does is it takes money out of the revenue pool for making the fixes to the roadways that we are desperately in need of. And so you're doing two negative things to the U.S. economy at the same time. I appreciate the politics of this, but from a policy standpoint, it's just a bad idea. It's a, it's a yeah. gimmick. Yeah. So uh, one other, you know, one other big topic that's being discussed right now uh, is the increased cost of capital projects for the state. Uh, legislators are going to have to figure out uh, how we're going to address this, not just roads and bridges, but wastewater projects, uh, prisons, uh, you know, everything that the, the state would typically invest for capital projects. It has all gone up significantly. At the same time, states sitting on uh, some of the largest reserves we have ever had. Uh, they're coming back in a special session, but also in five months to prepare a biennial budget. Legislators are going to have to figure out what do we do with this? What are your thoughts? How is the state best in place to address increases in capital projects? And how can we best use these surpluses that we've got? Right. So we're going to have to acknowledge that it's going to cost more to hire teachers, to hire yep. professors, to hire Indot staff. state troopers, <laughs> INDOT staff, Office of Community Rural Affairs. The, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, and, and so this this billions, $1.174 billion surplus that the governor's talking about is not because the economy is doing well. We actually lost jobs in the last jobs report. Okay. Um, it's not because we have some magical tax system. We, we have a, a tax system with some challenges. It is simply this, the inflation's effect beyond the, the uh, proposed two-year budget that we have. And so right now, if you're, uh, if you're a professor at Purdue, you just got a 6% pay cut this yeah, year. Right. If you're a school teacher, you just got um, about a 6.5% pay cut for next year. Um, so you're starting this year already with a bit with a big pay cut. And so, you know, the, the legislature and the governor are looking at this because it's it sounds great in election year to return 125 or 225 bucks to everybody. Yeah. But the fact is it's coming on the backs of those public employees at NDOT, at at Okra, at FSSA, at you know, the Medicaid staff at HIP or workforce development who aren't able to change the price for their goods because they're they're not charging a price. And so right. it's it's a it's a, I almost would argue that it's maliciously ignorant to say, oh, look, we got this inflationary bonus. And instead of investing it into things, we already know we're behind. So Indiana sits 40th in educational attainment in the country, right? We sit in terms of just bachelor's degrees alone, we're 44th in the country, 
right? The reason we have, we, we do better overall is because we have some big R&D facilities and a lot of universities. Um, that's slowing our growth. That's hurting the ability of taxpayers to provide money to build roads. In the long run, it's damaging the incomes to, you know, working men and women who make better money being around, you know, a more affluent population. And, and you know, we see that since you know, 2015, we've gone from 65% to 53% of our high school kids going to college, uh, high school graduates. So that's under right. half of kids are going to college. That's among the lowest in the country right now. And right. it's really a challenge. And, and now, look, at the end of the day, most of this is about the cost of college for poor families. And so we have a billion dollars. We're going to give that back to people. That's not going to do anything to get that poor kid who desperately would like to go to college to college. And, and right. at the end of the day, you know, your members may say, well, gosh, that boosts my employment prospects because I got people who are going to take those good jobs in the trades. I'm a fan of jobs in the trades. But in the long run, if you don't have national average number of college grads, your economy is going to shrink. And that's where Indiana is right now. Yeah, and I think even our industry is really coalesced around that. Uh, we're experiencing workforce challenges like everybody. Um, we understand it, it's a people, it's a numbers issue, and we've got to get more people here. We've got to get people to stay here. We've got to attract more people. So absolutely. Um, last question for you. This is kind of a bonus question. I'm going to surprise you here because this came to me as we were talking. You follow local government finance probably as close as anybody in the state. And as we've been talking here about the state perspective, where do you feel like locals are at right now? The state's sitting on a surplus. State has a lot of flexibility here. Uh, I, I go to my, I put my old hat on and I feel like local units of government are probably not in that position. We've heard in the last couple of weeks about some larger uh, municipal road infrastructure projects that are coming in well over bid and it's going to be a struggle. What, where do you see locals at right now? Yeah, right. So there are, there, you know, there, it's, a, it's a, a story of two parts. The, the stimulus gate through the CARES Act primarily really supplemented state and, and local government funding because we knew that the, the shutdowns during COVID were going to clobber them. So most local governments have a little bit of extra cash that they've done a lot of things with, with public health. There's not a lot of money or capacity for that money to be used for infrastructure projects. So a lot of the things, be it a fixing a, you know, working on roads, doing municipal building improvements, those are just not, um, that money's not really available for that. Uh, there yeah. has been, um, there will be increases in personal income, so we'll see an increase right, in personal right. income tax that will start accruing this fiscal year, um, and we've seen an increase in property tax assessments that will affect this following fiscal year for a lot of governments. Um, the, the problem is there are big, big increases, but not a lot of money because of caps for most yeah. governments, so right. my hunch is by the end of, by this time next year, most local governments will find that the combination of you know, inflation left them a little bit worse off than they were in yeah. 2019. And so that's going to affect the ability of them to, to, you know, take advantage of the ready grants to meet the match, to uh, do the things they need to do and would like to do to improve quality of life in their communities. Yeah. Well, I, I have a feeling property taxes will probably be a hot button issue also this upcoming legislative session. That's probably a whole nother topic for another podcast. So uh, not enough time today, but uh, Dr. Hicks, thank you very much for joining us today on the Crossroads Forum. I'd uh, love to have you back sometime in the future, and thanks for your insight. Uh, happy to talk with you, Brian. Thank you. 